Hello everyone, this is Chuck Robertson, and I'm going to thank you for joining my podcast today. Today we're going to pick up with the final part, part two, of David Somador's lesson on husband's love. Now let me encourage you, if you have not listened to part one yet, please go back on my podcast, listen to part number one first, where David lays the foundation for husband's love, and then come back and listen to this part number two. I believe these lessons will be very helpful to you. If you're a husband or one day you plan to be a husband, you need to listen to these two podcasts. They will benefit you greatly. So now here's David Sumadorf, part two of Husband's Love. And your wife, sir, isn't all logic. She has needs too, and she wants love and affection from you. Most of us as men are more interested in getting than keeping. Which is oftentimes why men lose what they had. She's a communicator as a general rule. She loves to tell you how things are going. She doesn't tell you this so you have to solve the problem. She just wants to tell you. Generally, she's a responder. She resonates with the frequency around her. I remember coming home one time from work as you pulled into the driveway. As I pulled into the driveway of the house, it looked like a Thomas Kincaid print. I mean, the lights are glowing, the snow's falling from Alaska, snow's coming down, you know. It is just as, it's great, man. And, and Kimberly's in there playing piano, mama's whipping up the supper, you know, and, and it's, it's just beautiful. But I've had one of those days. I mean, I've had one of those days, I back out of the driveway, into the ditch I go. Secretary quit when I got to work. Three deals were in recession, backed out. I'm $1,500 down, I haven't even, I mean, I'm just coming home like Linus, like Pigpen with that cloud over me. You know what I mean? And I'll never forget it. Remember, I, I won't say remember, because you remember the day. And, and I come in the house, and as I come in the house, hear the kids, hi, daddy, hi, daddy. Just quit playing the piano. And my wife says, but I got, hey, I, I don't care what you got. And I just like a Tasmanian devil goes, through the whole house. Boom, 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 boom. And I remember coming upstairs, throwing everything on the bed, sitting down in my office up in my bedroom, and, I, and, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear it start to wind up downstairs. And I had the nerve. I'll never forget this, brother. Brother Kojak, I got up to the top of the steps and I said, Hey! What is your problem down there? And I no sooner said that, the Holy Spirit of God said, You're the problem. They were doing fine till you showed up. They resonate with the frequency we emanate. Amen. They desire tenderness and intimacy. Two biggest killers. Paul Harvey studied it out in Happy Marriages. Here's the two biggest killers. The marriages that went 50 plus years that never, that weren't considered unhappy, they were happy marriages. Here's the two things that weren't in the marriage. Silence and sarcasm. Silence and sarcasm. Okay, if you took my wife and I, I can totally wreck her happiness with my sarcastic mouth. You all with me? And she can totally ruin my day giving me the silent treatment. Amen? Good confession? All right. I'm telling you. 
Those were the two things that were not in the long, happy marriages, silence and sarcasm. She loves to be a priority in your life after you're married. My wife and I were sitting, one day we were sitting, I don't know if it was an airport or something. We were sitting there like this, and, and uh, she, she points over, she says, look at that couple over there. I said, yeah, what about them? She said, they're not married. And I'm looking, I mean, there are ways out there. I said, well, how do you know they're not married? They're holding hands. I'm not a hand holder. That, you know, I, I'm just not, but she likes it. Y'all with me? <laughs> they have emotional needs. She loves to be a priority in your life, sir, after you're married. You don't have to fill this out right now. I'd rather you did it later tonight or early tomorrow morning before you head out. But here's what this is. This is entitled Husband's Love. And look at that statement I put there. Judging by my actions. The order of priorities in my life is as follows. Now notice, judging by my actions, not my intentions. Here's my priorities. And then I listed the seven things that are most married men's lives. Hobbies. We all have them, you know what I mean? Whether, it, you know, whether it's uh, watching football, whether it's bowling. Yeah, everybody's got a hobby as a rule. Number two, friends. We call them the boys. And a lot of times they spin into your hobbies. Number three, your church ministry. Number four, your personal walk with God. Number five, your job, your work. Number six, your wife. And number seven, if you have children, your children. There's seven things. Now, here's what I want you to do. Don't do it now. Do it tonight. Do it uh, uh, tomorrow morning. Sir, I want you to go ahead and to the best of your knowledge as you look at your life, judging by your actions, what are you telling your wife your priorities are? Number them from one to seven. Number one being your first priority, judging by your actions. Number two, three, and so forth. Now, you will see after four, they start merging. You can't, what you're looking for is your top three or four. All right? Where should she be? Raise your hand. What, where should she be? What number? Number two. Number one should be your personal walk with God. She should be number two. You say, but what about my church ministry? Hey, listen, you lose your wife, you lose your church ministry too. Now, you want to do really something profound? Husbands, your wife has one of these. Let her fill one out on you. Let her fill one out on you and tell you what she thinks by your actions what she thinks your priorities are. Because most of the time, at the end of it all, it's not what you think. It is what she thinks. Okay? I dare you. And don't stand over her and tell her (laughs) what number goes where. And by the way, this works the other way around too. But it's husbands that are commanded to love. Do you know her emotional needs? Learn to stop and hold the hand of your damsel. Don't just slay dragons. 
And then thirdly, or let me mention this, find out what says to her you're special. And every woman has a different checkbox. For some, it's, it's pretties. You go out and buy her some pretty things, that says to her, yes, I'm special. For others, it's the honeydew list. You start working on things around the house, oh man, that says, you with me? That says, I'm special. For some, it's date night out at a restaurant. You find out what says to her, and for some, it's all the above, I know, but, but you find out, <laughs> you find out from her what, what says to her language, her love language. It does figure in. What to her says you're special to me. Physical needs, emotional needs, and thirdly, spiritual needs. Do you know her spiritual needs? Here's the big one she needs to know. She needs to know you walk with God. That's her biggest spiritual need. She needs to know you walk with God. You know when I have the biggest struggle in leadership with her? Is when I'm not walking with God. She can smell it just like that. And you know what? She knows who I am without him. I'm a very intense alpha male, firstborn. My way or the highway. I'm being serious. And she can figure out very quickly when I'm just making decisions in the flesh or when I'm leading in the Spirit. And to her credit, she'll yield. She's a firstborn as well. And right out where we should have had a lot of problems, we didn't because she yielded. Let me wreck the motorcycle many times. But she'll struggle when I do not walk with God. Amen? That's her greatest spiritual need, guys. She needs to know you walk with God. She has physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs. We're to love her knowledgeably. But number two, write this word down. Second of all, we're to love her sacrificially. Sacrificially. Go back to our text and watch this in Ephesians chapter 5. As Christ's love for you and I is described, notice how it applies. In Ephesians 5, 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Look at this. He didn't just talk about it and gave himself for it. We're to love her knowledgeably, but number two, we're to love her sacrificially. Now, I have a serious question, guys, and here's the question tonight. Who do you seek to please? All right? When you wake up in the morning, whose smile are you gunning for? Who do you live for, and who do you seek to please? Notice in 1 Corinthians 7, just roll back a few pages here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Bible tells us it infers who you and I are to please once we get married. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, look what's said in verse number 33. The Bible says, but he that is married care for the things that are of the world. And what is that referencing? How he may what? Please his wife. Whose smile are you gunning for? 
Is your goal when you wake up in the morning to see her smile? You're going to do whatever it takes to get her smiling. Or is your goal to just use her to get her, get you to smile? Y'all with me? The inference clearly here is as husbands, we have to lead in this area. And you and I should seek to please her, not ourselves. To do this, we'll have to set ourselves aside just as Jesus Christ did, according to Philippians chapter 2. And when are you and I to sacrifice ourselves to love her? Well, let me just mention this. Often our love is very shallow and fickle. You ever notice that as a church family? You're meeting people coming in, and, and all of a sudden this young couple shows up. they got a couple kids with them. And what are you guys doing? This is what you should do. You men, you go up there and say, Hey, welcome to Fellowship Baptist Church. Boy, we're glad to have you. And you scruff the kids' hair, and you ladies go ahead and hug on her. Hey, great to have you. You know what I'm saying? Listen, let me tell you something. Those people are easy to love. You want to know why? You don't know anything about them. Y'all with me? And by the way, that's why sometimes people just hop from church to church to church. They don't want people figuring them out. Once they do, they don't want to be there. They want to find somebody that'll treat them like, ah! You know. You with me? And so we treat the stranger just really well. Roll out the red carpet. Here, you can sit in my seat and anything you need because we don't know anything about them. And then they come for a month or two and we find out, oh man, he's got some issues. And his kid poked my kid in the eye and oh, she's a bit of a gossip. And next time they show up, same people, same problems, but we can't handle the knowledge. What do we do? <laughs> That's cheap love. You want to know what real love is? When you know everything about them, and you still choose to sacrifice yourself for them. Because that's when Jesus Christ loved us. Romans 5 tells us that God commendeth, proved his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Jesus knew that. Christ died for us. When you were at your worst, and he knew every filthy thought, he knew every filthy word you'd ever say. He knew every filthy deed you'd ever do. Every filthy attitude you would stalk through your home with and life with. He still got butchered for you. He still said, I'm dying for them. Even if they spit on my sacrifice, I'm going to give them the shot at heaven. That's true love. You know... You and I think of when we got married. Let me tell you something. It was the biggest con job and sales job ever happened. Most of us never let them see all of us. You with me? Y'all with me? And then you get married and you go, oh man. I didn't know her mother was like this. I didn't know she was like this. Y'all with me? See, I'm reading some of you. You think I'm up here just having a ball. I have done this for 16 years. I'm reading you. I'm watching you. I know some of you, and you don't think I know you. I'm, I'm not joking. I am not joking. Body language, distance to spouse, I'm reading it. 
And what I'm sharing tonight, you guys want to own this. And everybody's moving closer, you know. It's like, <laughs> we, we get married and I used to run a sales company. And I would have guys tell me all the time, well, I can't sell. I can't sell anything. Girls would tell me, my part-timers would say, I can't sell anything. I'd say, show me your left hand. They'd hold it out. There'd be a ring. I'd say, oh, oh you are a good salesperson. <laughs> you got somebody to buy into you for the rest of your life. You know what true love is? It's finding out all her problems, her attitudes, her baggage she brought in, his problems, his baggage, his habits. It's finding all of that and then choosing to still sacrifice, because it'll be a sacrifice of your pride, to, to stoop and meet the need. That's true love. Hollywood doesn't know this one. This is sacrificial. You'll have to set aside yourself and live to make them smile even if you don't feel like it. True love seeks to please the object of its love. And in Romans 15, I want to go to the third point. Watch this. In Romans 15, the Bible seems to ask a question. And it's very specifically to the, to the man here because of the adjective used to describe him. But notice, it's for believers. But men, just here's a question I have for you in your marriage. As you look at loving your wife knowledgeably, that means finding out everything about her that's wrong. And then choosing to go and meet those needs, to make up the deficiency, to love her sacrificially, to set aside yourself and go ahead and die for all of that. Watch this. In Romans 15, the question is, serve or be served? In Romans 15, in verse 1, the Bible says, We then that are strong, watch this, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And look at this, and not to please ourselves. Wow. We could make that a spiritual application. You know, those of you that are spiritually mature... That isn't to go and gloat and lord it over somebody. That's to take your strength now and help and please others that aren't where you are. Men, we always brag about how, you know, big, tough, we're the strong one, man. You know, masculine, male. What? But how often we use our strength to load other people's wagons rather than lighten their load. Most men use their strength this way. My wife has a good friend up in Alaska named Stephanie Bass. Sister Stephanie's an absolute hoot. She married a rod buster. He was retired Air Force, a rod buster out of Texas, Jack Bass. Tattooed up, rough as a cob, motorcycle guy. And Jack got saved. Jack's one of my closest friends. Stephanie's become one of Deb's closest friends. But Stephanie says this, and Jack's a bear hunter, man. I mean, he is just, ooh, he is, he's one of them Alaskan men. This is what Sister Stephanie says about the home. She says, in every house, there is a man chair. And in front of the man chair is a man TV. And beside the man chair is a man remote. And when the man is in his chair, you don't mess with the man. That's what she'll say. That's what she'll say. So here's, here's us men. We're the captain of the ship. We're the strong one. We order the house. You know, you know what we use our strength so often for? It's, it's this number. We, we go ahead and pop the TV on. House is going. Hey, 
hey, hey, woman, bring me a sandwich. Bring me a sandwich. It's a commercial. Come on, come on, come on. Come on now. Right? Kid running. Hey, quit running in front of the television. You quit. You know what I mean? Do my feet, do my feet, do my feet. I've watched men come to church, man. There's wife, got the diaper bags, you got three kids, pacifier, all the Bibles, you know, going like a mule. To, and here he comes, bless God. Come on, woman, hurry up, hurry up. You know, I mean, just, ah, you've got to be kidding me. We like to use our strength to make others serve us. But isn't it interesting how God used his strength? To stoop and serve the weak. Who do you seek to please, sir? Who are you living for? Who smile? Who are you really serving, yourself or her? Wow. You'll have to sacrifice and set aside yourself to serve in such a way. Love her knowledgeably, love her sacrificially. Thirdly, just about done. Love her faithfully. Love her faithfully. That's how Jesus Christ loves you in two ways. First of all, he loves you constantly. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He he loves you, and I wrote this down, at all times. You know he loves you when you're worth loving, and then he loves you when you got a bad attitude. You with me? He loves you constantly at all times. But second of all, he loves you for all time. Not just constantly, but he loves you loyally. You are never going to wake up one morning in your Christian life and find a little note sitting on your table telling you, I found someone better to pal around with. I'm done with you. He loves you with a love that did not pass you by. He loves you with a love that will not let you go. He is fiercely loyal. To all who come to him. Husbands, you've got to be the same thing to your wife. You've got to love her when she's hard to love. You've got to love her when she's easy to love. And you love her till death do us part. You know, the beauty with Jesus Christ is death doesn't part us from him. Amen? That's when it really gets going. Right, Sister Brady? telling you, I miss your man, miss your man, miss Sister Debbie. He loves us knowledgeably, sacrificially, faithfully, and then finally, I'll close with this, he loves us wisely. Look back in Ephesians 5, and I think we miss this sometimes, but in Ephesians 5, look what's said here. In verse number, to pick it up for context, context, verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Notice the purpose why. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, sought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. What do we mean by loving us wisely? Do you know tonight, Jesus Christ is not, does not just simply love you with a doting love. He loves you with a purposeful love. His love is very purposeful. He seeks to meet your needs, not just your wants. 
And husbands, you and I are loved. We're to love our wives the same way. We're to love her wisely. Not just candy and flowers. There's those moments, those sweet moments, but we're to love her wisely. You say, what is it? It's purposeful love. You know what our goal as husbands is? To love her to Proverbs 31 womanhood. To love her to Proverbs 31 womanhood. To do that, we'll have to guide her in some areas. We'll have to guide her, first of all, in her attitudes. Women can get really down on themselves. We'll have to guide her in her attitudes. Did you catch that, men? You're responsible to guide her attitude. When she's all wound up and bound up and getting bitter, and you're, you're the one that needs to be there. Get an arm around her. Pray with her. You guide her in her attitudes. Number two, you ought to guide her in her associations. I've lost good men that wouldn't do this. Men that served with me in the ministry, men that were, uh, I was responsible for in discipleship. Let me, let me just tell you something. I had a guy come to me and he said, Brother Dave, do you see anything in my life that needs to change? And I said, do you really want that answer? I'm being serious. See, most of us would rather be ruined by praise than rescued by criticism. That's our heart. We'd rather go and have, a, have our ego stroked and be told a bunch of lies as we go over the cliff and feel good about our demise rather than having somebody give us hearty counsel that we need. I said, you want that answer? He said, Brother Dave, I want that answer. I said, I'm going to tell you something. Your wife runs with silly women. They're mean to their husbands. They're crummy mothers. And she needs a cut bait, and you need to get her away from them women because they're going to destroy your family. He never did. And just two months ago, we find out it's destroyed. That counsel was given almost 20 years ago. He didn't have the nerve to stand up and tell her no. That's enough. Candy and flowers are great. But Jesus Christ didn't just love with a doting love. He has great purpose when he saved you. And that is to conform you into his image, to bring you to maturity. He doesn't leave you where he found you. He molds you and moves you to glory. And husbands, you're responsible as the captain of your ship. I just put it in nautical terms. Commanding officers, you are responsible to love your wife, your executive officer. To maturity. Guide her in her attitudes. Guide her in her associations. And guide her in her activities. By exampleship and expectation, lead her and the children to serve the Lord. Husbands, love your wives knowledgeably, sacrificially, faithfully, and wisely. I close with this. Husbands, you need from Christ a love that does not pass you by. And she needs that too. And then... You need from Christ a love that will not let you go. And she needs that from you. 
a fiercely loyal husband who treats her as the apple of his eye. And as I close it, let me just give you something. I knew a fella, he was a younger man, about 20 years ago. This guy was probably in his mid-30s. And he was a very successful individual. Any way you wanted to measure success, very successful. He was very successful in business. He had a lovely wife, beautiful wife, and a number of children. He was uh, very uh, helpful in the local church, had an incredible ministry in a local church and different things that he did. But one morning, on a Saturday morning, this guy gets up around 5 in the morning. He gets up at, and he, he's preparing to leave at 6 to go in to do some meeting with all of his corporate crew. And he finds this note sitting on his kitchen table. And this is what the note said. If it wouldn't be for the Lord, and if it wouldn't be for the children, I wouldn't stay with you. I knew that man well, for he was me. I was the assistant pastor in the church for free. I discipled many families at my kitchen table with my wife. Dozens of them. Had a successful business that ran three-quarter of a mill through the accounts every year. But somewhere along the line... I'd moved her down on my priority list. She would listen to me talk to some dirtbag in my business that I was always trying to rehab. 45 minutes just working and working, talking him back in, encouraging him. And then I would hang the phone up. She'd say, "Hon, I was wondering. Now, don't, don't talk to her. I just, I'm, I'm, and I just began to move her down the priority list. She said to me, I didn't marry you to be number five or number six on your list. I married you to be number one just behind the Lord. Always wondered, always wondered, and I'll just be very blunt but not coarse, but always wondered how fat slobs, their bums, unkept, can run off with some bombshell girl. I thought, how in the world did he get her away from her husband? I'll tell you how. He made her feel like a queen. He listened to her cares and her concerns. He made her the apple of his eye. And she gave his heart to him. He stole it. You know what I'm saying to you tonight? If it can happen to me, knew the Word of God, memorized, I'm telling you, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't porno out on the Internet. Those are, those are killers. Those are killers. That'll kill. Wages of sin is death. You mess with that stuff, you will kill something, and that death will be a relationship and it will probably be your spouse. I just didn't give her the attention and love she deserved. And when she moved down my list, that was her cry for help. Love your wife knowledgeably, faithfully, sacrificially, and wisely. The coin is simply this. 
Wives, submit. Ladies, whether your husband loves you or not, wives, submit. And husbands, love. Whether your wife submits or not, husbands, love. Let's mind our own business. And I believe God will mind His, and He'll bless you with a happy home. 